as a part of our continuation of worship this morning, we have the opportunity to celebrate a journey of 10 weeks that many in our church family have been on. 10 weeks ago, we started three rooted groups. They're called rooted groups because people are seeking to become more rooted, more rooted in their spiritual life, having a connection with God, a connection with the body of Christ, the church, and discovering their purpose in life. And so as we continue our spirit of worship this morning, I'm going to just ask you to endear your hearts to their, what we refer to as cardboard testimonies. If you're new this morning, maybe you came as a guest of one of the people that giving their testimony or maybe being baptized later. This is a special, unique day for us at the Awakening. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. And um, I want you to continue to think of how great your God is, that he can take lives, individual lives, and change and transform them. We are not without hope. You are not without hope this morning. God is at work. This is evidence of God being at work these last 10 weeks on the Rooted Journey experience.
Can we just have a word of prayer for those who went through rooted? Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning in the beauty of your greatness because you are a great and beautiful Lord. Each and every individual, Lord, that stepped across this stage, you have been at work in in these 10 weeks. And we just pray your blessing over their life as they seek to continue to serve you and to love you and to love others. Lord, indeed, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, there is much to be thankful for foremostly for your spiritual work in our life as sons and daughters of you. And God's people said, amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. Psalm 100 says to enter his courts with thanksgiving. How many of you came into the courts of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning with a spirit of thanksgiving? Can I hear it? Now, that's, that's a little bit pretty decent there. You got warmed up with some songs, some great testimonies. How many of you came into the Lord's house, entered his gates with thanksgiving today? Can I hear it? Sometimes I do a festal shout. You ready? Repeat after me. Hallelujah. 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 Now, maybe you came in today with some discouraging news, maybe a really hard week, or you're worried about the holidays that are before you, right? Well, when you choose to have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, you know, I think even science-wise, it changes some type of the metabolism or, or the chemicals inside of us, but ultimately it's the Spirit of God who is witnessing with your spirit that God is a great God. And those testimonies we just saw from Rooted, I have had the opportunity to be in two of those groups and facilitate them over the course of these last three weeks. Dave and Tammy Gilmer facilitated the other one, the Young Families Group. And it was exciting just to hear the testimonies that were coming out on a weekly basis as to what God was doing in the hearts of people. 
And sometimes when you're around a lot of discouragement, you just need to get up close, a front row seat to change lives. And when you see people being changed by God, it changes you. And so if I had my cardboard testimony today, I would just simply say, 10 weeks ago, I was hopeful for more changed lives. Today, I'm confident he's still changing lives. In a little bit, we're going to have opportunity uh, for five people to be baptized and to celebrate God's ongoing new birth work in their hearts and lives. So I hope you came today with a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude in your hearts to God, because it is Thanksgiving Sunday, this is Thanksgiving week, and you are going to be on the spot to answer this question multiple times. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving week? And Jennifer mentioned it in our worship block, already prepping your mind. So I'm going to have you take just a few seconds to think of Top three things that you could be thankful for. You ready? Top three things that you're going to be thankful for. You need a few more moments than that? They should be right there on the edge of your tongue. Three things that you're thankful for. Three things you're thankful for. You're going to have to say it maybe around the Thanksgiving table, maybe to a friend, maybe to a co-worker. All right. Now, you got those three things. I want you to turn to somebody around you and just tell them like that. Pop, pop, pop. Three things you're thankful for. Go. You're at it. You're on. Some of you are struggling, I can tell. Some of you are like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Thanksgiving is about public articulation. You got them? Just, just pipe them out there. You good? You good? You good? Three things you're thankful for. Three things you're thankful for. Now, I guess I could turn it on, on the other side of it and th say three things you're grumbling about, but I don't think that would take us anywhere. This is a worship service, not a discouraging time, right? So three things you're thankful for right there on the top of your tongue. I tell you what, it would be my guess that most of us, when we think in terms of things that we are thankful for, that we um, end up having the opportunity uh, to stipulate that there are provisions, provisions. Usually what we think in terms of what, uh, what do I have in life tangibly that I'm thankful for. And you should be thankful for the provisions you have in life, whatever those provisions may be. But this week, I want to give you some Thanksgiving prompts because I want us to go a little bit deeper than things that are mere provisions. You know, I have food on my table, right? I have a good house that I live in. I have a car that I drive, you know? I, I've got a good family around me, maybe, whatever. But provisions are usually at the front of our mind when we're thinking of things to be thankful for. Well, one of the things that is helpful for me, a primary prompt, is for me to go to God's Word, to go to Scripture. And when I go to Scripture... I try to imagine myself in the place that the writer was when he wrote those scriptures. I try to think in terms of not my life, but maybe their life and their surroundings. And whether it was circumstances or things that, that prompted them in their heart and their spirit to be able to um, have a reason to praise God or maybe even complain sometimes, we have the 
ability to be inspired by others concerning our own thankful spirit. And so with that, I would like you, if you have your scriptures, you can turn there. If not, that's fine. I want us to turn to Philippians 1. For whatever reason, when it comes Thanksgiving time, this passage seems to, to roll to the front of my mind at some point. Because this is the Apostle Paul in prison, writing to some Christians in a city called Philippi. And in Philippi, he's pretty encouraged by what's happening there. In fact, Philippians is known as sort of the book of joy. And so you're going to find a lot of encouragement in the book of Philippians. But he leads off his letter that he's writing from prison to the Christians in Philippi, and he says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, as we walk through just the first part of this letter, I want you to think in terms of his life, what's going on, why is he writing this if he was to answer the question, hey, Paul, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving week? What would he really um, sort of put as bullet points? And so in this passage, you're going to find a few of those percolating. And those are going to be some of the prompts that I want to encourage us by today as we move through this week. To think below the surface of just mere provisions and think in a broader and deeper sense of all that God is doing and wants to do in your life and mine. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Well, let's just pause right there. If you're lonely and you're in a cell block, what are you going to be thinking about? Those dirty guards or why am I in here? I was falsely accused, whatever it might be. His mind goes to people that have been encouraging to him and people that he's heard word about that have taken the gospel message that he presented in that city at one time before he was imprisoned and he's heard about them growing spiritually. He's, he's heard about their rooted testimonies maybe of what God is doing and getting them more rooted spiritually. And he just simply acknowledges to God, I thank my God every time I remember you. Maybe this week there's somebody that you have been encouraging to spiritually that's taken off and grown in their faith. I came across somebody on Facebook this morning as I was coming here and I just flipped through real quick and, and they were acknowledging a, a wedding anniversary and I thought, man, 29 years ago I was, I was around when they got married. And now to see their growth and what they're doing spiritually and impacting for the kingdom of God. I thank my God every time I remember people like them. And it's encouraging to know that God's at work in their life, like we saw evidence today with the rooted testimonies. Maybe there's somebody that you remember in life that um, not only were you instrumental to them, but they ended up being instrumental to you. Thank God for those people that have brought you and got you to where you are now. In all my prayers for all of you, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. The partnership in the gospel has to do with, Paul was on a mission, he had things to do. He needed to get the good news out that Jesus Christ could come into your life if you surrender to him and he could change and transform you and give you hope and a purpose, give you a place in the kingdom of God, even if all the world is falling down around you. And he was 
adamant about getting the gospel to the ends of the earth, of the known earth that he had at that time. And the apostle Paul was in chains because he was pressing the gospel into unreached areas and people were opposed to it. But man, those who had an open heart to the gospel, which means good news, open heart to the good news, he was like, yeah, we're partners in the gospel. So he's writing this letter, he's sending it off and they are all rejoicing because even though he's in chains, God's movement across the Mediterranean area and beyond was happening through the Holy Spirit. A partnership in the gospel. Do you have people in your life that you're thankful for that you've journeyed with spiritually? Knocking it down for the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of the rooted testimonies you saw today was disconnected, isolated, without, you know, new to a church. And I have family. I tell you what, when you walk through the 10 weeks of Rooted and, and one of the Rooted groups, we were doing a serve project up at Menifee at a senior citizen's home feeding Thanksgiving meal this last, uh, just yesterday. And another group was in uh, Lake Elsinore a few weeks ago and, and uh, serving a meal for uh, hands and feet ministry up there. And uh, the Young Marriage uh, group, you guys, I forget what you guys did, not Young Marriage, Young Families, but you guys had served as well. You get outside your group, you go serve, and you're encouraging you're knocking it down for the kingdom. We were talking uh, in the last part of Root about sharing your story and what God's doing in your life. And, and when words come back, hey, I shared my story and God really encouraged someone else. They might be open spiritually. And, and you're like, yes, this is, this is partnership in the gospel. So many times we look for meaning and purpose in life with things that are of temporal value. Oh, they're good. They're good wins, you know, career-wise, you know, uh, other kinds of, you know, social outlets and recreational things you can do. But when you are participating in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ moving forward and changing people's lives, and you're doing it together with a team of people, there's just something sweet, sweet about that. I've had multiple seasons in my life where I've been able to partner in the spreading of the gospel with other people. And so here's Paul. Say, man, I thank God because of your partnership in the gospel. I'm here locked in chains, writing letters to all you people in churches, but you're out there befriending people, encouraging people, communicating the good news of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, some of you need to hear this this morning, being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. What's the day of Christ Jesus? When Christ Jesus comes back again or when you pass from this life to, to be uh, directly uh, visible in His presence and hopefully to acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior or not. But Paul was mindful that all of us are in process. We could all in this room say, man, I wish I was further along spiritually. There's a big word called sanctification. Sanctification refers to being set apart for God and growing spiritually. And uh, I heard one old-time preacher said, you know, we get in all churches, we could all have debates up and down about all kinds of points of theology, and we could have a big old debate about this whole subject of sanctification, but one thing we'd all agree on, we're all far behind on our sanctification. In other words, we're in process. And it's not that I want to encourage you to be content, especially if it's on a slow molasses kind of process, 
But don't be discouraged if there's things in your life that are not been transformed yet or if you've fallen down. And God says to you through his apostle Paul, he's going to complete the good work that he started. You're on a journey. He will carry you through to completion. In fact, these rooted testimonies, I just encourage you, if that was encouraging to you, and maybe you're at a place where you feel like you're struggling, or maybe you're far behind in your sanctification, maybe you feel like you're lost this morning, like some of the testimonies were outside of a relationship with God, maybe you're a seeker just trying to entertain what would it mean, I got tons of questions, I got tons of questions, I got tons of doubt, I'm very skeptical, whatever it may be, I mean, you could even be an agnostic or an atheist or something like that, or some other kinds of foreign religion, I... Rooted is a great place for you to land for 10 weeks. I didn't mention it earlier, but if you're new, we'd love for you to fill out one of those Connect cards. But on the back of the Connect card, if you'd like to go on the Rooted journey, we'll start them back up again. I think we begin maybe like the week after uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So that's a good target Sunday. We're going to do another Rooted run. And just write Rooted on the back of that Connect card. Throw it in the basket at the end of service. We'll follow up with you, try to be of encouragement to you. But get into some type of environment that's conducive to you getting answers to the spiritual questions or the doubt that you have. Some environment, some community of people. And trust me, how many times I've sat in rooted groups and they come and we're like, first week, hi, hi. You know, it sounds like a therapy group or some, you know, AA meeting. My name is, you know. And by the time you get to the end of Rooted Group, I can't get them to shut up so we can start the group. (laughs) It's just fun to see. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 we're here for a reason, right? Well, we'll pick it up after lunch. But you see that community come together. That's an environment, but it's an environment for some spiritual intensity in your life. Because you leave it to your schedule, you're going to be busy Busy, 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 all four weeks in December. Busy, busy, busy. But do we craft opportunities, schedule into our lives environments that cause us to grow spiritually and to move on to fullness and completion in our spiritual life? And so Paul's mindful of this, and he's grateful. He's thinking about these people they've moved through, and he says, hey, I pray for you. I want you to know this until the day of Christ's return. And so he has in his thinking, you know, Paul was adamant. He was like, you know, hey, Paul was even like, hey, don't even get married. Jesus is coming back like right away. Let's stay busy on the kingdom and pushing the gospel forward. He had a mindset of the big picture of the kingdom of God and Christ's return. So he's thankful even for Christ's return in the midst of us growing spiritually during the these days. Then it goes on and says this in verse 7, it is right for me, he says, to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Let's stop right there. Who are you endeared to? Who do you have in your life that you have a deep relationship with? Maybe it's your spouse, I trust it is. Maybe it's a family member, extended member of your family. Maybe it's some friendship you've cultivated in a church environment like this. Maybe it's someone that you just shared history with because you went through some challenges and some other kinds of woes. But Paul is mindful of these people that he is deeply endeared to. So when we say, hey, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Let's the old Rolodex kind of thing. Go through your phone, I guess, or your contact list. 
You ever done that on Facebook sometime? I go through Facebook and I go, hey, I forgot about them. I forgot about them. And my heart's endeared because of a journey we had in a certain season. But more importantly, those that you're on a journey with now that your heart's endeared to. And don't just thank God for them. Why not? Here's a good idea for Thanksgiving week. Let them know how thankful you are for their friendship, for the journey that you've shared together, for the lives um, that God has brought together, made with your families. Thankful, thankful, thankful prompts. Verse 8, God can testify. Whoop, I need to didn't finish that out. Whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. What is God's grace? God's salvation. We do not come to saving faith through works. We do not come to a saving faith by attending church. Their only saving faith is by grace through faith. What Christ has done, not what you and I do. And so he's mindful. This is the gospel. This is the good news. He's extended it to them. They are now extending it to others. And he is thankful, mindful that together, even if he's in chains or if he's out there on the street or in homes, he's grateful that they share together the grace of God that's at work. For sure. And we'll see it with baptisms this morning. The idea that God could take a sinner such as I and we repent, turn our lives over to him, not by what we've done, but because what he's done and he comes into our life and he's the one that cleans our act up, not us, that we have that grace and that grace is available to everyone. And some who have crossed that line of faith, spot on a word of thanksgiving to God, maybe a word of thanksgiving to others, as Paul extends here, mindful that together we are on the journey of grace. And then he says in verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Friends, it is Christ in us that's the hope of glory. We say at the Awakening Church, more and more people becoming fully alive in Christ and to his mission. It's this idea that Christ comes within us and it's his love that's poured through our hearts to other people. I get weary of people. You ever get weary of people? A pastor probably shouldn't stand in front of you and say that, right? I have a shepherd's heart. I care for people, but sometimes you get overwhelmed with people just like you get overwhelmed with people. One, maybe get overwhelmed with your work projects or whatever, and I need strength. I need power. The power I need is the power of Jesus himself living within me. And so when he says the affection of Christ Jesus, it is Christ's affection and his love for other people that keeps me going week in and week out. Lord, I'm out of my own emotional energy or my own margin in life, but you can love people through me. Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, may you empower me to love others. Prompts. These are prompts, things to be thankful for. Lord, I thank you for your indwelling spirit in my life that is the power for me to live life and to love others. It's your affection, Christ, that's within me. Thank you, Lord, that this is what your plan was from the beginning of time. Not to do a bunch of religious do's and don'ts and show up at church services or practice certain rituals, but it was a relationship, not a religion. And the relationship is a personal relationship that's an internal relationship that's transformational. Not a bunch of just information. 
He goes on and he says this in verse 9 then. And this is my prayer, so he turns it, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. Again, back to the growing thing, being enlightened. It's his prayer, but it's also his heart of thankfulness because he knows it can happen if we turn ourselves towards him and the environments for us to grow spiritually. So that you may be able then to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, his life living within us. All this, all this, in this opening paragraph, all this to the glory and the praise of God. Punctuate, punctuate, punctuate. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for the multiplicity of things that I see going on in my world, even though I am personally in chains for Christ. So, I want to just mention a few of these provision, the, these prompts then that come from that scripture. The first is provisions, but it's provisions, provisions of God, provisions from God. Provisions. Sit down, think through a list of those provisions. Second is pulse for each day of life. The very fact that you and I are alive, that we were able to come here today to witness God's work in others, to be able to worship Him, to look into His Word. We have breath. We have breath. I went to bed really, like really tired yesterday. People were looking at me going, you're really tired. And I said, I am. Thankfully, when I woke up this morning, there was a quickness of the Spirit and there was a life in me. The rest was needed, but the pulse was there beating for me to be able to serve the purposes of God and to serve my family this week. The pulse. Now, if you've been around here a while, you know that Pastor Kerry doesn't do a lot of alliteration, but I'm going to stick with the P's. You ready? These are P's. So we started with provision. So the provisions, all right? The provisions of God are provisions from God. The pulse, the pulse for each day that I'm alive. Thank God I'm alive. Even if you've got some medical woes going on with you, you're not in the hospital this morning, right? Maybe you're watching from a hospital online. Our prayers are with you. But it's this idea that we have a pulse that's been given to us by God. People. As Paul mentioned, and I mentioned to you, people loved, people that you have loved and who love you and articulate your appreciation for their love and the relationship. So people are things that, that we can get ourselves around, prompts for Thanksgiving this week. And the next one is the presence of Jesus Christ. I will never leave you or forsake you. The disciples were scared to death when Jesus said he was going to leave them. They didn't understand he was going to be crucified, rise from the grave, and ascend back to the heavens. And there's like, oh my gosh. And he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I'll be able to send my spirit to be with you forever. And if you've committed your life to Jesus, then you are never, ever outside the presence of Jesus Christ. You may be lonely, but you're never, ever alone. Christ is with you, and he's able to do that through his Spirit, which I want to say is another P. It's not just his presence through his Holy Spirit, but his power. Like I mentioned, through Paul here, he's saying that the affection of Jesus Christ, our ability to love, our ability to carry forward, and being able to do the things God calls us to do, it's a power that comes from within. 
So thank the Holy Spirit. And it's appropriate, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. Scripture adamantly clearly teaches that there is the Trinity. We can't fully understand that with our ant-sized little brains, but the scriptures teach that God is three, but yet he is one. It's not heresy like some people think, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit you can talk to. His Holy Spirit was given so you could have guidance. In direction. It also says that the Holy Spirit was sent to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That ever-present Jesus is His Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit gives you power. So that's a thing to be thankful for. Holy Spirit, remind me. One of the people that came across the stage is just trying to discover their spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit that brings gifts within us, and then we function with those gifts. Power of the Holy Spirit's another P. How about the promises of God's Word? The promises of God's Word, as I mentioned, it prompts me to, to go through here and, and check out how God could use His Scripture to speak into my life. But hundreds and hundreds of promises to us. Promises about His faithfulness, His ability to be with us, to strengthen us, to pick us up when we're down. Promises that He will be behind His Word of witness that goes forward promises promises that just like the angels appeared to them when they were looking at jesus when he ascended to the heavens in the first part of acts right they ascend they sent in there talking oh my goodness where'd he go what happened and the the angels come and they say this same jesus who has descended ascended before you will descend in similar manner will come back the promises that jesus is coming back is there and so the promises of scripture are clear and these promises we need to hold dear to and be thankful to God. And then I put in there the partnership of the gospel that I unpacked there a little bit because Paul used that word, partnership of the gospel. And then the last one is the parousia, the parousia of Christ's return. How many of you ever heard that word, parousia? Parousia is a Greek term, the Greek term that means a scheduled event, a time, something that's going to happen. And what's going to happen is Christ's return, as I just mentioned. And the parousia is something that we should be enthralled with. If you've had a tough week, just hang on, 70, 80, 90 years, how many God blesses you. It's all going to change, right? We've had loved ones that have passed away this last year in, in each of our lives. I heard about one that uh, passed away this last week. Some of you know who Jennifer Hoffman is, and her husband Jay passed away this week. And you think about the brevity of life. So whether it's the brevity of life and what the end comes, or maybe we're here when the Lord returns, we have a lot to be thankful for that we live in the context of a world that's not headed to some decadent end where everybody gets been out of shape about run another, and then we have this culture. And yet there's, the world will move forward with its problems. But friends, the back of the book we have read, and the back of the book says that Christ returns, and there's a new heaven and a new earth. That should fill us with hope and thanksgiving, especially in a week like Thanksgiving week. It's always there. It never goes away. Thank you for the parousia, the coming of Christ, the return of Christ, that event that is scheduled, that is certain. So there's eight prompts for you. You got them? Provisions of God, pulse for each day of life, people loved and who love, presence of Jesus Christ, the power of His Holy Spirit, the promises of God's Word, the partnership we have in the gospel when we do things together as a team for His sake, and then the parousia of Christ's return. Dig a little deeper 
And maybe around the Thanksgiving table this week, you can send a shocker or get people to look at you a little weird when they ask you, what are you thankful for? The power of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, that was a heavy one. Where'd that come from? <laughs> the parousia of Christ's return. Ooh, what's, what, what's that? The language is speaking. <laughs> the pulse for each day of life. What, are you about to die? Do you, you got a problem going on? Right? People that we love and who love us, that one's a reasonable one, I guess. The provisions of God, that's a reasonable one. But maybe there's a promise of God's word that you could speak out and say, you know what I'm thankful for is this passage, this promise that God has given me over the course of my life. What are you thankful for? You have to have prompts. They come from God's word. They come by thinking more deeply, pausing in our life. The attitude of gratitude, it said, right? So many passages we could go to that Scripture talks about having a heart of thanksgiving. But it's up to you and I to take that initiative to walk in God's grace. Walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross so that you may have life and have it abundantly in Him. The whole rooted journey they base it off of this verse. These two verses in Colossians chapter 2, 6 and 7. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to people in Colossae. He says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith you were taught. And what? And what? Let's say it together. Overflowing with thankfulness. May that be God's word to you today. We are going to continue our worship by worshiping God through changed lives. Not just with the testimonies you saw today, but through baptism. When Jesus was getting ready to ascend to the heavens, he took his disciples aside and he gave them some instructions it says this in Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go after he had risen from the dead. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted still. Then Jesus came to them. He He pulled up a chair and he said, hey, I got some words to say to you. And what he was about to say has become one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. This passage was marching orders. He didn't save them to just sit around until he came back or they went to heaven. And a lot of times Christians, I hear them say that. I'm I'm saved and, you know, I'm good for heaven. Now let me go live my ransacked life. No. He saved you into a purpose. He has saved you to participate with him in what he's doing in this world. And so he pulled up a chair. He said, hey, come to me. I, I need to tell you, this is top tier stuff here. 
all authority in heaven, all authority, not just some, all authority. If you want to know who's in charge and what's going on in this world, it's Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And in the original language, it's assuming not, hey, get up and go from here. It's like, as you go. You're probably all going to go eat somewhere, hang out, do some other things today. You're going to go to work tomorrow, right? You're going to do holiday preparations. He's saying, as you go about your everyday life, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples means more than converts. A disciple is someone who's a follower of Jesus. And to do it of all nations, the original language there just says people groups, every different kind of people group. And make disciples as you go of people that you are around. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the idea of of seeing that they get the good news. It's like, you know, by the power of the Spirit, win them over to be followers of Jesus. Not by being a Bible thumper, but by being an encourager, being a light in life. And, and when they make that, they, that line of faith, they cross over the line, baptize them. And baptism was something that was done a lot in that days for other kinds of rituals, but Jesus sort of redeemed it. He himself was baptized, if you remember that story with John the Baptist. But Jesus is saying, go and make disciples and then baptize them. Because the baptism was the public sign of the inner commitment someone had made to be a Christ follower. I often say it's like the wedding band, right? A wedding band, putting it on your finger, like, ladies, when you went to check yours out at the jeweler or something like that, that's not the moment you got married when you put it on your finger, right? Checked it out. No, it was after the covenant vow was made to your spouse. Then we put the wedding ring on. That's an outward sign of the inner commitment. So baptism is an outward sign of an inner commitment. The baptism itself wasn't going to do anything in saving anybody, but it was a public declaration to say, hey, I'm on the Lord's side baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey a few things. No, it says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then he closes this powerful, memorable, historical statement, what's called the Great Commission. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have five people that are going to be baptized today. I'm going to invite them uh, to come up here and sit towards the front. We've invited the elementary kids to come in as well. Because this is sort of, uh, I don't know, some sacred moments. Sacred moments where we get to witness that God's been at work in people's lives. And you are not spectators as a congregation this morning. You are participants. And this is my instruction to you. They're going to come up, each of these five, and one at a time, they're, they're going to give a word of witness. I don't know if it's a few words, maybe no words, or several words. And then we're going to have them get into the tank. And when they get into the tank, we're going to ask a simple declaration. Um, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And they're going to respond with, I believe, all right? And then we're going to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just like the Great Commission teaches. But when they come up out of that water, 
I better hear it louder in here than any football game you've been to. All right. The water is symbolic because it represents being buried to the old life and being raised to the new. It's a public declaration, as I mentioned. But that public declaration was, I'm dead to my old life. I'm being raised to a new life. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, our sanctification is ongoing, right? Through Christ that dwells within us. It's his righteousness. But this buried to the old life says, I made a decisive movement toward God. So I'm going to be buried in my old life, raised to my new life. And sometimes I say with people, I have to hold some of them under a little bit longer than others just to make sure it's all dead, right? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> some of you down here worried now about it, aren't you, Carolyn? Yeah. But these are sacred moments of worship as we just continue to worship God. And I have the joy of having a front row seat like you have a front row seat. Maybe you're watching from home. I know some are watching from states away today. But we rejoice in being able to celebrate new life today. God is at work. He is a great God. And his grace is abundant and free. And his grace is working. And you're going to see evident from people's lives. So I'm going to have the first person come up. Now you really got him, Marie. I had a microphone. Oh, there it is. This is David Irwin. David, a few words of testimony if you wish. Well, I'm normally an introverted type of a guy, but I, I, I want to thank everybody for sharing this experience, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, going through the Rooted, I was inspired the, from the last time to get into it by somebody in that class and by the church. And when I went through the 10 weeks, every week was growth. Every week was monumental for me. And when it came to the end to make a public declaration, it was just a natural fit for me. So um, that's why I'm here. <laughs> you good? David Irwin, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I believe. David Irwin, because your profession of faith in Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I've been a God-lost sheep um, for a while. So he has been chasing me down for a while now. Um, so God has spoken to me. Um, he has uh, revealed himself to me. He had, uh, I have felt his presence, guidance, and um, he has shown me his love for me, a never-ending love. So 
I believe in God, and I want to be a God follower, walking in the joys of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Stella, you walked into this church three months ago? Uh, about somewhere around there? Somewhere about Somewhere around there. And I remember when she walked in, and she's like, I don't know, I've been in church, and what's going on? And to see your growth in these 10 weeks is surely seeing David's growth. They're both in the same rooted group. So they get to sharpen one another has been a joy, and it's my privilege to be able to baptize you. Stella Miller, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I believe. Stella Miller, because your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's my privilege and honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You made it, man. I can't believe I have this moment with you. Yeah. This is Jeremy Torres. Jeremy, you got a word of testimony? I'm kind of nervous to talk in front of everyone, if you guys can tell. Um, I just want to say thank you for the church. Uh, thank you to my rooted family for being super cool. Um, I'm ready to surrender to the Lord, and I'm excited and eager to start my journey as a Christian. <laughs> Just picture everybody sitting in the barber chair. You're good. See? <laughs> Some of you know maybe this. Uh, Jeremy and I, I first met him. He was cutting my hair across the street. And uh, so he's, he's my barber as well as my friend. And uh, we started talking about Jesus a bit one day. And I said, hey, would you be interested in coming to a group where you could just discover more of God? I told him, it sounds like the hound of heaven is on your trail. God's got to put your heart. And he tracked you down, and you're making a commitment. You're crossing the line of faith. It was great to have you in the Ruta group. But uh, let's get it on, man. Let's baptize you, friend. Yeah, don't know cell phones, man. Jeremy Torres, do you believe... In Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I most definitely believe. <laughs> Jeremy Torres, it is my honor, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah! <laughs> My big brother. Everybody, this is Cameron Jenkins. Good morning. Do you have a word of faith? I do. Testimony. I do. I get that. Yeah, you're good, man. So good morning, everybody, uh, my church family. Uh, I'm so glad to be here today and uh, so glad that God showed me Pastor Kerry. Um, 
we, we, we served on jury duty and that's how I met him and then I came to church and, you know, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great journey. So, um, as you can tell by my gray hair that I, I, I'm a little older, I won't say old, but it took me like 50 years to get here. So, um, it's been quite, quite a, a journey, I'll say, but I just want to say a few words about why I didn't, why, you know, I didn't seek out the Lord. That was something we did in our rooted group and I, I had all kinds of excuses, but you know, the door is always there and I never took it. So it took uh, some emotional pain for me, for me to be here. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I have God in my life now. And uh, it was just an arrogance that I thought that I knew what was best for my life. And uh, I didn't. Uh, so that's my old self and my new self is, uh, you know, how, how could I ever think that I would know better for my life than, than him? And so, that's the new me, and uh, now let's do this. That's a great <laughs> word of testimony. Okay. So if you ever wonder if jury duty is a waste of time, <laughs> that's how we built a friendship and uh, carried it through. And uh, it's been great to see Cameron. Uh, yeah. Change and transform. You can sit up closer here at the front. The... Um, the ability to just be honest and open has been one of Cameron's um, trademarks. And um, he texted me, what was a week ago or so, and he says, hey, I thought I'd throw my pastor the text I just sent to somebody. Somebody said, who would have thought having God in my life could be exciting? And uh, you cross that line of committing your life to Christ. Your rooted family's here. Your family's online from Houston. Hi, Mom. Hello, Mom. <laughs> Cameron Jenkins, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. Because your profession of faith in Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, Cameron Jenkins, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Mary Joy Antonio. Mary Joy Antonio is my sister-in-law, and she just got here from the Philippines three months ago. And as you can see, she is pregnant. I have never baptized anyone. <laughs> it's like a double. It's like a combo. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary, uh, Mary Joy or Joy, what a privilege, what an honor to be with you today here. And I just want to ask if you want to give a testimony or some words of why are you making this very important decision in your life? Um, thank you. <laughs> I want to be baptized because um, I believe in God. I believe in his words. And as a believer, I know um, this is God really wants. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, we're going to get in here. I first want to ask you, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I believe. It is a privilege and honor for me to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
started this series this fall, I asked you for three people that you believed needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. You wrote those three on the back of a card. You turned those in, prayed over them at different times. And I said, to some degree, we don't know how much influence we can have, but at least we can say, I love you. I'm praying for you. I want you to know Jesus. May you stay on obedience to the Great Commission as you go making disciples of all kinds of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. And the Lord says he will be with you always and to the end of the age. Jesus left so that he could be greater among us, that his spirit would go forward into the highways and the byways of life to compel people to come into a relationship with him. And whether it's a family member, whether it's someone that walks in a church cold turkey, whether it's someone on jury duty or in a barber chair, you pray that God would go before you, that he may use you to bring many to him. And one of the things you will be thankful for every Thanksgiving is how God uses you in the partnership of the gospel. I'm going to ask the ushers just to come forward to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings and your Connect card. If you're new here this morning, we'd love to know a little bit about you, be able to encourage you. Turn that Connect card in or online. You can um, go to connect at theawakening.church and just let us know about you. Um, I want to encourage us um, to be able to be faithful, especially in this uh, season of life. Some of you know that um, last week I made mention that uh, we are kicking off our year-end Christmas offering, and we had a pretty large goal of $60,000 that the board felt led to put out there. Uh, you have offering envelopes and your seat backs to be able to give to that, or you can give online through the app. But continue just to ask the Lord what He'd have you to do. I want to encourage you that we're not done with our Thanksgiving. Um, you can um, uh, plan on coming back this evening in just a few short hours at 5 o'clock. We are going to have our Thanksgiving potluck gathering. I don't know if it's old school, maybe it's going by the wayside, but this is the opportunity for you to bring a really good dish and everybody shows up so we can get uh, a smattering of everybody's good cooking. Uh, if you're not able to come uh, with a food item, still come, but we want you to bring two of the following, whether it's a main dish, a side dish, a, um, a dessert, or a salad, and we're talking family-size bowls, right? Not little Petri dishes, okay? It's family-size bowl, and we'll have plenty. And here's the deal with potlucks. If we have too much food, you get to take it home. And so just come, and even if you're brand new this morning, come or if you're online and haven't been able to stop in to physically uh, visit us here at our campus in Marietta, please come. And it's at five o'clock. We'll have the bounce houses up and going after the meal for kids. No real agenda other than you to meet some new friends and for you to hang with your old friends. And I would encourage you, most all the rooted people, I think baptism people, they'll be here tonight. You can congratulate them and thank them for the testimony that uh, spoke to you this morning. So that's today at five o'clock. We have one other announcement. I'm going to invite a young lady up to be able to give that announcement. And uh, Amy, if you'd make your way up, 
She is going to tell us about this very special women's gathering that's right around the corner. It is the beginning of the holiday run, and it runs from one holiday into another. But Amy, if you'd step up here and let them know what's up for all the women in this church. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. This was quite an amazing morning. Uh, my name is Amy Hall, and on behalf of the women's ministry here at Awakening Church, I just want to invite you all to our um, Christmas event we have Saturday, December 4th at 11 o'clock. Um, the beautiful Jennifer Breeze is going to be speaking to us, and we're going to be having some amazing worship, lunch. We're going to have a craft. It's just going to be an amazing time to get together and fellowship with each other and, and uh, have a good message and kind of start off the, the Christmas season on a great note. So um, we're going to be uh, having sign-ups in, um, in the front desk area. Um, tickets are $25 for that, so invite your moms and sisters and girlfriends. Um, it's just going to be a really, really great day. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Amy. Will you stand with me? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. May you go in his peace with a heart full of gratitude this Thanksgiving week. You have richly received from him, richly give. God bless. See you tonight at 5. Amen.